Hey everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the Audience Please podcast with me, your host Adam. If you're new here, please do go like, follow, subscribe and review on all the platforms as it really helps this podcast get out to a wider audience. So yeah, thanks to everyone that watched this interview. You may have watched it live or watched it back over on YouTube with Dave of Black Peaks and Matt of Good As Gold Group. Um, obviously with the the cancellation of tours, the social distancing and the quarantining and the rest of it. Um, I'll be interviewing bands remotely for the, the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, apologies if the audio quality is not quite as good as usual. Um, David, who um, edits my podcast, um, is doing the best he can with what I'm giving him. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you enjoy um this interview with with the guys we talk around uh, their initiative the tours that never were and obviously like their favorite gigs that they've been to and the favorite gigs that uh, dave's played um so just before we jump into the episode um the next live interview i'll be doing with uh, a band called heads and that is going to be on friday the 22nd of may at 11 a.m over on youtube again the reason it's so early is because uh, I know Ed, um, the vocalist guitarist, is currently out in Melbourne. Um, he's flown back to Australia for for the time being. Um, so yeah, the guys will be joining us at 11 a.m. British Summer Time over on YouTube Live. So go and subscribe on YouTube. Um, links up on um, social media, and you'll get a notification when we go live. Um, their new album, Push, comes out on the 29th of May as well. And there's a couple of singles already out there. Um, a couple of videos up on YouTube. And yeah, they're really decent. So check them out if you already don't know them. And please do come and join us on the 22nd of May. So anyway, enjoy this episode. And um, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> and it's watching i think we've got a few viewers on now um thanks for watching and anybody that listens to this back um and before we get started with uh, matt and dave thanks to everyone that's checked out the episode with dev from idols that um came out um last week if you haven't checked it out please do and there is a competition until next week which you've got till monday to enter so go check it out so, hi, Dave and Matt. Thanks for, for joining me, guys. Oh, is that what you win that's right next to you there, Adam? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I didn't even realise that. A little Just bit check out my idols chat and my idols bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Dev, as much. People, sure. and, and people tell me off for uh, doing too many Bristol-based bands, so uh, oh. that's just uh, proof, proof in the pudding. Um yeah, how have you guys been um, in lockdown so far? Like, how have you been coping? Um, and it, like, is there anything non-music-wise that you've been doing since uh, since lockdown? Parenting, <laughs> parenting children and bands. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
just yeah that main mainly that for me yeah so that's a lot uh, you've got a lot more respect for uh, anyone who helps with childcare at the moment oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so you, you other than other than drinking and sleeping uh anything else you guys been up to other than other than that <laughs> um listening to lots of music um and i guess the more sort of time i spend going for walks uh, the last few weeks uh, i've gotten back into listening to podcasts because i used to just listen to them on my commute to, to yeah. work and or to gigs and stuff so for the first couple of weeks i wasn't listening to any podcasts and i went for my first walk and had like 60 podcasts like to catch up on um but yeah just listening to music reading comic books yeah, is there any any like podcast or music highlights that you've had that you've discovered in the last few weeks? Elephantry record, I really like that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, um, I didn't really know much about them. I think they, I think they played maybe Dave would know. I think they played ATG possibly in the past, and I hadn't seen them. I think someone recommended them. Uh, so that record. Um, God, my mind's blank. Lots of old stuff. I need to be listening to more new stuff, don't I? But the Elephant Tree was was is one in the yeah. last week that I've listened to a lot for sure. Yeah, the stuff Holy Raw's put out there, unsurprisingly, the last few weeks, like modern, that new Modern Rituals record as well, is a mint record. But yeah, Elephant Tree, I didn't know about them at all, and this is like their third record as well, and they totally bypassed me. Right? Yeah, I just yeah, I I do need, I I basically just been rinsing old. Heavy metal. <laughs> just, you know, I've just been listening to like old Metallica and then a bunch of Doom Riders, Mastodon and Kylesa. That's nice. Kind of, I haven't yeah. listened to Doom Riders in ages. I fucking love those albums. So good. So good. I tried to buy that amazing first record. It's a Black Thunder. I've just I tried to buy it on vinyl, but it's like nowhere unless you, you know, go to some obscure guy on ebay that's like charging you 50 pounds to like post it or something like that yeah exactly good exactly what about you dave anything you've uh, discovered over the the last few weeks oh i can't hear you mate we've lost you we've lost you this is great <laughs> if all band me <laughs> awesome you have no no more feedback from me because i'm good to just do whatever i want excellent oh great okay. thanks there, yeah, there he is um yeah, uh, I haven't, like, I've been making a lot of music and I haven't really been listening to all that much, really. And I've actually got quite a lot to catch up on, which is cool. I've been, like, yeah, I've been doing, like, some kind of ambient-y, soundtrack-y stuff, so I've just been listening to a lot of soundtracks. And, like, I think I've just, because, like, my headspace is just totally different to the way it normally is, I'm just, like, just listening to very different stuff to what I normally would, which is kind of cool. It's good. But yeah, pow. Huh? Really jamming to pow. <laughs> to pow. Fucking Farnham. Yeah. <laughs> really vibing off that Duran Duran sound at the moment. I'll tell you what else is awesome, and it's uh, glorious. The um, the new band side project from Justine and Sammy. and Yes. Uh, um, I bought that from them. I mean, it's not out, but Justine very nicely sent me the... The tracks and they're fucking they're great they're super fun super awesome really really love that 
Yeah, that that new single, uh, yeah, is amazing. I'm buzzing uh, buzzing about that. Also, nice to see um, some yellow merch out there as well. Like the Ma- Mariachi El Bronx as well, just released um, some yellow t-shirts as well. Um, yeah, look, every- look at that beautiful turnstile record in yellow. Like that, that's more, more more lovely things should be in yellow for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we could waffle on about music all day, but. Um, yeah, so I've got you guys on to talk around the tours that uh, that never were. Um, yeah. And it's really fantastic to see you guys doing something um, a little bit different to what everybody else is doing in regards to fundraising, especially around um, uh, not just the bands. But do you guys want to talk a little bit around that, about how it all started, who's involved and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Let, Dave, I'll let Dave speak because it is 100% his idea (laughs) i think essentially the kind of genesis of the idea was obviously like uh, the the band that i play in was unable to tour and then all of my friends who are in bands were unable to tour and i just started seeing like a lot of facebook and instagram posts and stuff with just people going oh shit we've got all this merch and we can't we can't we're not going to sell it and obviously immediately kind of going into sort of sale mode trying to get their stock sold and then I'm also a tour manager and backline tech and stuff. And so like my, my whole income essentially relies on touring. Um, so all of my friends that do that as well were also suddenly without any work. And so like essentially my, like the world that we work in fell apart. Uh, I, I, all I could really think of doing was just, you know, like we had this merch and other people had merch which wasn't selling and I thought it might be kind of cool to bring all that together and have yeah. something where you've got you'd never see like Pigs 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 and A.A. Williams and us on, on like a, you know a piece of merch ever and I just thought it would be kind of cool to have like uh, everyone who's cancelled or had to reschedule sadly like kind of joining together showing a bit of sort of solidarity behind it and and putting this thing together and using it as a bit of a fundraiser and it then sort of morphed as we developed it I got in touch with Matt and Haley at Good is Gold and we started kind of putting these ideas together and it as soon as we started reaching out to bands everyone's financial situation was obviously kind of different and so everyone started coming back saying yeah we're going to use the money this way we're going to use the money that way we're going to donate all of this money um it was it's cool because essentially it's just it showed a lot of kind of solidarity and like the fact that we kind of everyone's coming together to support each other at the moment which is really necessary um so yeah i mean that's how it kind of started off and then obviously awesome merch got involved and really did a massive did the best job in the world at listing all of this stuff and getting the design designs on the print and obviously alan did the design which was something that i mean the way that came together was perfect as well. So, yeah, yeah. a good bit of teamwork. <laughs> yeah, we do, um, so I was kind of thinking about that, and it's the same as the Music Venue Trust Save Our Venues campaign. Do you think, um, obviously these are new times for everybody in the music industry, but do you think having these more centralised sort of fundraisers really streamlines everything and pushes everyone in the, the right direction? Because there's so much going on, like especially with the uh, going back to the save our venues uh, fundraising you have all these venues started doing little fundraisers but if you channel everyone in one direction 
Um, it just makes it easier for the punter, I suppose, as well. They can just go, well, what do I do with my 50 quid? Do I give 10 quid to this person, 10 quid to that person? No, what I can do is just chuck 50 quid at this central thing. Do you think that's going to help? I think so. I mean, I think there's, our scheme is slightly more, I don't know if specific is the right word, but the Music Venues Trust is such a wide-ranging, huge, all-encompassing, mm. vital thing. Um, and not that ours isn't. Ours is, <laughs> ours is yeah. a, a scrappy underdog of an idea that Dave had that, that thanks to Awesome and to Alad Phillips at Kerrang, who did the designs, has kind of been made into this incredible reality yeah um, and then it's kind of our job now to take what you know we originally had the idea of and these guys have taken on to try and get the message and the word out as much as possible to help those bands and the teams that, that those bands are kind of supporting but the whole network of charities that all of those bands are going to be donating to i mean a lot of a lot of those bands are going to be donating to their local venues but they're also going to be donating to all kinds of other local charities or you know, we'll be giving some to the teams. Um, so, sorry to answer your question. Yeah, I think I think it's great that we've been able to gather so many bands in one spot. Um, we spoke to lots and lots more bands. We tried to make it very specific UK bands. We tried to make it more of a kind of underground, a specific kind of scene rather yeah. than kind of talk about too many, you know, too many multiple genres. And most of the responses we had you know, even some of the bands that couldn't do it were really lovely, um, you know, and all the, almost all the bands said that they would support it. You know, it was just maybe they was they were having a think about rescheduling their dates and maybe it would confuse things or maybe they were looking to do their own things, which we completely respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think hopefully if this scheme takes off, I mean, we are talking to... Um, kind of people in Europe that are looking to kind of replicate this as an idea yeah. and yeah. take forward in their scenes as well. So as a, as, a, as, a, as a template, as a tours that never were a template, hopefully it can keep building and growing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to, I was going to say about that. Is there any sort of plans? I mean, it's obviously it's only just been a week, but if, if yeah. it's successful, yeah. is there any other plan? If, if it's successful, do you think you'll like, extend it at all maybe reach out to more bands maybe do different scenes or it's, it's i mean there's we essentially started something that we kind of thought would be a way of helping the people that we kind of are immediately connected with in some way yeah. um there's you know we don't own this idea like it's it's it, like we said like there's a people reaching out saying can we can we use this name but take it somewhere else you know absolutely like essentially at the moment there's a lot being done to support independent venues, independent bands, independent festivals, all of them need help. And some people don't need our help to, to get involved. You know, um, yeah. you've got festivals that can create their own crowdfunders and do farm and have far more reach than, than we ever would. So, I mean, yeah, like there's nothing to say that we're like, we won't do it again if people are in need, but it's more, it's more of a way of saying, you know, we, we did this to help out people that we, are kind of connected with or know or, or at least you know are, are in the same kind of scene with um yeah you know other people can do the same thing if they want it yeah <laughs> i mean who knows i mean you know like you said this has literally been a, we launched it a week ago yeah and 
and it's it's doing really well and you know the more people that talk about it like you know being able to come on here and talk to you about it and people like dan and the radio on rock show talking about it and yeah you know it's it's all been awesome and we're looking to work with the bands that we have in the scheme to kind of help us with press and media about getting the word out there and who knows after may when the thing is is kind of launched maybe there's a whole load of other tours that were cancelled and then moved somewhere else in the year and then they maybe possibly will get cancelled and maybe there'll be a case to do a you know a new launch of a different set of bands i think at the moment we're just we're just trying to get the word out there and just see how much of this we can kind of how much noise we can create for sure yeah yeah definitely yeah um, you say it's been quite successful so far um like how much money do you reckon you raised so far you know <laughs> i mean being a politician i can't tell you figures but, uh, <laughs> you know awesome have been amazing they've waived a lot of their percentages and oh that's amazing you know, yeah they've, they've really gone above and beyond tom but um awesome has just been awesome yeah <laughs> um but uh, at the moment it's only been a week so but we've yeah. we've we've made i think more than i thought we would make it yeah week. i think that's fair to yeah. say and did you have, that, yeah, did you, yeah, did you have a target at all, or, or has it just been see how it goes? It, there was, there's no kind of upper limit on it. It's not like a just giving thing where there's, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's however much because the the thing that we're doing is is split between however many bands are listed, twenty four, twenty five bands, like five hundred bands. Even if you have a big, you know, like number of people that have bought that and donated their hard earned cash towards it. Uh, it, that's still then divided 24 ways or however many. So like, yeah, it essentially, the more that can go to each individual uh, artist and each individual kind of crew and, you know, the spider web goes down, um, the better. So yeah, there's like, it, the more money that comes into it, the more good that will come out of it, if you see what I mean. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll put my order in for another 30 t-shirts then. So <laughs> <laughs> and then flog them online on eBay. No, uh, so just before we get on to like um, the the I suppose the fun bit of the podcast about top three gigs and that. Um, I suppose Matt, there's probably a few people who listen who's going to listen to this back or watching now that don't really know what good as gold are or what you do. So do you want to tell them a little bit around what good as gold group do? Yes. So Good As Gold group is myself and Hayley Connolly and we are PRs. So we help bands, we work with bands and managers and labels and artists um, to sort of help them find fans at the media, help them get in magazines and their tracks played on radio. Um, And then I also uh, manage um, a handful of artists like David. Um, <laughs> his band with Black Peaks and Rolo Tomasi and Jamie Lemon and False Advertising. And we also work with festivals like 2000 Trees and Arc Tangent, um, uh, you know, running their press and marketing and stuff as well. So, but, you know, me and Haley have known each other for a very, very, very long time. And it's, it's quite a new thing, but essentially we're a PR company. But we just, yeah. it made sense that we would kind of plug this campaign through us because you know we shout loud 
and yeah. a lot of people and yeah, I'm more than happy when especially when something like this that I feel like is really important and I really believe in I'm more than happy to keep poking and shouting at people despite yeah. the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I feel about my uh, um, podcast post sometimes I'm like oh I've only had three likes on this oh I'll just post it again it's fine just rub it in people's faces that's basically <laughs> the PR technique Fancy giving me a job. I'm out of the job at the moment. So <laughs> um cool. Thanks guys for that. Um yeah, I think that gives a pretty good rundown of what's going on. Um yeah, and to people watching and listening, um the merch is really cool. Go and check out the the links. I've picked up a t-shirt and a and a poster. Yeah. Um who do you say did the designs again? Was the guy over at so Alan Crowing, he was the uh, golden throat warbler of Kids in Glass Houses. Oh, nice. A wonderful man. Yeah. Incredible yeah. designer. Indeed. And he literally pulled these designs. We, we like three people that had no idea what we wanted. <laughs> we were like, we just sort of want a festival poster like the old ones. And we, sent him, <laughs> we sent him like 10 different, completely different... Uh, example a designer's nightmare what, 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 every single example you could possibly think of what were the what were the examples because i was thinking it's very like old glastonbury jimmy yeah. hendrixy kind of i think that's the one thing we said we wanted though right dave like it was yeah like, there was definitely some of that we basically like the idea of like the woodstocky glastonbury sort of essentially like it you look at those posters and you're like immediately like no matter what the lineup is just the design aesthetic of it is always just like this is colorful i can imagine sitting in a field with a glass of cider watching a band just as soon as you see that and that's you know you're trying to bring some positivity into a really shitty scenario <laughs> so that's, yeah. yeah but everything yeah. else is valid genuinely everything we sent him i really liked the uh, i think it's park life the um mm-hmm. poster the yeah. festival poster so essentially we wanted to have all of the bands, no logos, no like, you know, my band's bigger than your band, so it should be, but none of that nonsense. Yeah. Just alphabetical order, everyone's the same, no logos. And Parklife did it really well where they kind of had the logo, the festival logo in the middle, and then all of the bands kind of around them in bright colours. And it was no, and I just, I thought that was awesome. Um, so that idea of no logos and no band above another band because you know it doesn't matter it's all the same thing it's getting spit at the sound it's not a real, it's not a real festival yeah. <laughs> you're not actually going to get paid more for being a bigger band so um and all the bands were totally cool with it you know yeah. every single one, one yeah. mentioned anything so yeah and it, you know Alec took it and basically did it in a day it was amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well when you yeah, I hate creative people like that who can knock something <laughs> yeah. up. It's like when John did the art. John did the artwork for audio for the podcast, and he knocked it up in about four hours. And I was like, "That's exactly what I asked for, and it's amazing." And it's really. And I was like, "You bastard!" I don't, I, like, I've been trying to learn Photoshop uh, during my uh, time down, and mate, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lost on me. I have no. I don't have an artistic like design creative bone in my body i i mean i'm not quite as bad as Haley is but i, I you know whenever i draw <laughs> like examples of things it, it's worse than my three-year-old daughter it's it's really bad but um turn her up to do your design work mate that's the way to go yeah definitely definitely could yes 
but yeah, yeah, the designs are great. So yeah, if anyone is interested in just go to any Good as Gold group socials and um, there'll be links galore to go. Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll chuck some links up as well. Yeah. Um, so um, I know we've done this before, Dave, when we originally had an interview that, funnily enough, we had to scrap because we yeah. had <laughs> big tour. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk around um, top gigs played and top gigs been to. So Matt, I don't know if you've had time to think about top gigs you've been to. So I suppose, Dave, do you want to do the top gigs you've played, I suppose? We'll fly through those yeah. and have a little bit of chat, chat around those. The funny thing is, last time I came in and I remember I, we sat in my little studio in Tottenham and I had a list written down of everything. And now I just haven't. So I'm just going <laughs> to remember vaguely what I said. I can remember at least a couple of the gigs. Um, I can remember a couple. I should have listened to them back, actually. I've still got the recording. Oh, doesn't matter. Uh, I remember, I think, well, I would, can't remember which order I did it in first, but I know that like probably the best show that I've played with Black Peaks, well, there's two. The first one is uh, we did, we were lucky enough to do a Perfect Circle support tour, which was just incredible across Europe, and that ended... Wow, well, let me just pick that name up off the floor, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> won't steal toe caps, mate, just to stop all the name drops. But that was <laughs> that was amazing, and that was uh, like we ended that tour, that run of shows at the Olympia in Paris, which is just a you know a legendary venue, amazing, beautiful really. old theatre. Um, and we hadn't really had the chat. We'd gone out and watched the show every night, but we'd never really like rushed out and got there for the first song. And you know, like, and the Olympia's got an old balcony, so we just went up and sat on the balcony and. I mean, the reaction from our playing was amazing. We were treated really nicely across that tour. And, uh, and yeah, just what a band. It was amazing. Just such a good yeah. show. Yeah. I remember, I remember you saying as well, did, didn't you like bump into some of the crew or some of the band at the back and they were just so welcoming? And... Well, like we, we had, it's quite, a, I mean, support tours are an interesting thing because essentially you're on someone else's stage. You, you always are. And so... No matter how, uh, how you know, even if you're on tour with a band that you know really well, uh, you need to get your set done and get the fuck off their stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when and when they're a band like that, you know, you just you do this kind of yes and no. So I'm going to play our show and then I'm going to get out of your way. But they were just really accommodating about everything and you know, kind of took us under their wing a fair bit with some of their crew helped us out with bits and pieces and merch and stuff like that, which is. Yeah, very uh, very thankful for all those kind of things. Uh, the second one with Peaks would definitely be headlining the Cave at uh, Two Thousand Trees, which was. Ludicrous. I mean, I've got a big. Ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. It was like an amazing show. Uh, I think we we did really well, and then I also have like a big personal connection to that festival because I've worked there. I grew up in Cheltenham and stuff, so yeah, it was felt like. Felt like a, a big combination of a lot of things doing that. that yeah, that was that was uh, an insane set. I remember being somewhere towards the back, and even at the back, it was uh, kicking off a little bit. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was good. And then uh, the third one, I last time I believe I said uh, about uh, the Saint Pierre um, warm-up show for Freak Show, which was oh uh, yeah. yeah. I've forgotten the name of oh, Gigor. Yeah, so that's just out in the French Alps and it's just an amazing little village, uh, which is a re- weird independent-run festival of just um, people who are mad about music and, and like, will go off 
to a band like St. Pierre is the same as they will, like a, a band like Napalm Death or Soulfly who were playing the same festival. So, yeah, I mean, I was just, just uh, I, I only played the warm up show, the rest of the guys would, I think Damon's already mentioned on the podcast, the uh, playing the actual festival, but yeah, it's just a, a very beautiful scenic place. And yeah, What's we had the name, name again? So the, the festival, it's not happening anymore, it's called Freak Show. Um, uh, but it's in a town, uh, well, Gigor Sound System is the name of the place. Jude Law. I thought yeah. it said Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> Playing inside Jude yeah. Law. Playing inside yeah. Jude Law, it was really good. <laughs> it was really handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Even more handsome in person. But yeah, yeah that was, they were my three to play, for sure. Do you want to yeah. do your favourite shows, Matt, and I'll do mine? To play? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. tell, me about, tell, tell us about your uh, rap side project. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I heard you were the UK's answer to Eminem. That's. Uh... <laughs> I was drunk and teenage Eminem. That's exactly what I was. <laughs> I, I was I was in a band called Merkin at university, and we had a lot of fun. Wow, we were very good, but our name was terrible. But I was I was in a band called Chalk uh, when I moved to London, and. We were a two-piece and we kind of did a few cool things, like we supported Tom Vec and we won the Deezwe Music Awards uh, one year and we did a bunch of stuff, but essentially we weren't very uh, good. <laughs> so, you know, you just sort of let it Sorry, go. What, what, what was uh, the name of it again? I need to, I need to oh, look no, this up. It, it doesn't exist. There is nothing. There is you nothing. <laughs> nothing there's nothing I don't even think that Diesel bothered to put up that year's show on the internet it was 2005 I think yeah. it was the year after Milo you remember Milo yeah like, yeah Warner's was fucking massive it was the year after that and we won the same category electronic and um, we were on the table with these guys and I think I think John Kennedy or Edith Bowman presented the award to us and people are like, you're going to have a year like Milo, blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> fucking, like, nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, my top three gigs. So, um, I'll, my top, I'll take out bands that I work because that's vastly unfair. But I will shout out, um, because you've already said um, that peaks at uh, trees, uh, peaks with Deftones at Wembley Arena. Oh, nice. Uh, Arcane Roots, who I used to manage opening for Muse at uh, the stadium in Turin. It's pretty special. Wow. Um, uh, what tour was that? That was the tour where Muse brought out... I mean, every song was ridiculous. They had a... It was basically... They had... Oh God, it was the... What was that? Is that like the last album? So this was like five years ago, six years oh, ago. Oh, drones? Drones. Drones, yes. Drones. It was drones. Yeah, so Muse had, they had a song and they'd bring out this big robot and he'd do a dance and then they had another song and there was a lady that floated in on a massive light bulb and threw out money with Matt Bellamy's face on it. And honestly, it was just the best. Oh, I, I was watching is that the one? Is that the one? Is that the one on Amazon Prime at the moment? Because I watched one the other. No, I think it was Rome or something. And oh, there's yeah, they've got this guy. They, they did, Arcane played that Rome show as well. And there was so much fire, like so much fire, like genuinely Ramstein level of fire. Um, but yeah, Arcane supporting Rolo, supporting Rolo Tomasi, supporting Faith and More at the Roundhouse was pretty amazing as well. Um, 
and Architects at Brixton, uh, the first show after um, Tom passed away. That was that was pretty that was pretty you know special show. But um, shows as a punter, um, I think seeing Tool support Fishbone at the Town and Country Club in 1990-whatever, when Opium came out. Oh, yeah, I'm winning this fucking oh, I'm winning this. Oh, oh yeah. That's so, yeah, just just talk us through that, because you, yeah. you're going to have to, because you're a bastard. <laughs> so the forum used to be called the Town and Country Club. Yeah, yeah. years ago, when I was a teenager. And we, me and my friend Jake came up, because we were like massive fishbone, fishbone. I love fishbone. They had a record called "Give a Monkey Brain," and he'll swear it's the central to the universe, which is a brilliant, brilliant album. And we kind of got into this band called Tool. They released an <laughs> EP. It was good, um, you know. And we went up, and Tool came on, and it was when Maynard. It was those early MTV years where so he had shaved sides and that long. And yeah, the, yeah. He looked insane, and he, they were just phenomenal, like phenomenal. Like, and there was no one on the floor. The forum, forum has a very high stage, and there was no one on it. And I, <laughs> my distinct memory of the show is Maynard saying, "This next song is called Prison Sex," and <laughs> my friend Jake went, "Yay!" <laughs> and it looked at us like you shouldn't cheer a song about prison sex. It's not cool. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was a good show. Um, I saw Nine Inch Nails open for Guns N' Roses at Wembley Stadium, their first ever UK show. Oh wow! Wagon rights. What? Uh, <laughs> that was very good. Um, and oh. Faith and More at Brixton Academy in 93, when Angel Dust, 93, 94, when Angel Dust came out. And it was the show when Mike Patton peed in his boot and drank it and then tried to hump a cameraman who was like filming the show. And oh, it was, they were just, I mean, they're one of my favorite bands and I get to work with them and it's just amazing. But that show was, you know, I was 17 maybe years old. Yeah. It yeah, I love I love yeah, I love those shows like that. I suppose I was bang on about Queens of Stone Age. Like Queens of Stone Age were my face no more <laughs> that you had, I suppose. But yeah, I've, I've never seen well, I'm supposed to be seeing Faith No More in June, whether it happens or not, probably not at this rate. Um but I have yeah. no information to give. <laughs> no, that's fine. But um yeah, um what was the uh band uh he did with that side of oh, dead cross a couple of my mates went to that dead cross gig at the underworld when he supposedly just lamped someone in the front row <laughs> yeah he's 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 an interesting guy my pattern for sure like I've, having i've worked with a few um i worked with jesse lacy from brand new and i worked with maynard james keenan on pucifer that last record and mike Patton, and they're all very strong-willed kind of characters um but mike is mike mike <laughs> mike Patton is definitely the only person i think that i've worked with that i've been very nervous around both from a fan perspective but also because of reputation and he just has this vibe this aura 
and I was so nervous. And they did these two shows in 2015 when I worked with them on the Soul Invictus record. And Rolo opened the shows and they were, I mean, Rolo, in my mind, I mean, I've worked with them for so long, in my mind, they will always mm. be like 12 years old. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not saying either, but you will. And um, I was really nervous. And afterwards, I was kind of worried for them because, you know, Eva's so small and even though she could take care of herself. And they basically just, like, my pattern was obsessed with them and he signed them to Ipecac and he found them where they basically created this dressing room within the roundhouse that didn't exist. They set up a tent, like a big tent for them. And Mike went round after the show and just did a load of, like, videos for all of them, like, for their uncles, so that, like, all of Rolo have, like, videos of Mike Patton going, hey, Uncle Steve, this is my pattern. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So well, I could barely get a word out of it, and they managed to get like videos for their family. So. <laughs> yeah, some people can tell that kind of nervous energy when they're just like, if you're even remotely that way, then shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's but the opposite of Will from Black Peaks. He's the like <laughs> Will is the most like approachable, lovely, calm. Is probably not the right. Just, 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 just <laughs> such, such, a, such a relaxed energy. Like it just, it's, yeah. he's so wonderful to be around. And yeah. Mark, as incredible as he is, is definitely, you know, got a slightly more intense energy about him. Sure. Have, uh, uh, Matt, do you know about the, the story uh, about when I, the funny story, the first time I met Will and uh, bumped into Dave and I basically found out Dave was in Black Peaks before it was officially announced. <laughs> so it was, uh, outside the OT when Queens of Stone Age played and embarrassingly I was wearing a Black Peaks hoodie at the time oh. and uh, I was outside the, the meantime brewery bar uh, I was trying to find a mate because I had his ticket and I stood there and then there was just Will directly in front of me and I'd never never spoken to him before and just bowled up to him and I was like oh hey man really like the band blah blah usual shit and then out of the corner of my eye Dave appears and I'm like, oh, and I only kind of knew Dave at the time through St. Pierre. And I was like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, who are you with? And he was like, oh, I'm with Will. And I was like, okay. And then Will just went, don't tell anyone, Dave's the new bassist in Black Peaks. And I was like, and Dave was just like, don't fucking tell anyone, you can't say anything. It was amazing because there's few people in the world whose mind would have been blown more by that scenario than you. <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. Because I, yeah, because I was already a massive fan of Black Peaks. I was a, well, I am a massive fan of both bands, and I was just like <laughs> mind blown. Yeah. yeah. Before, huh? Black Peaks and Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. John, that would... Tommy, if you're out there, you know, <laughs> your people to call our people. <laughs> That's how it works. That's management right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Management and hope it becomes real. Exactly. Yeah, so Dave, top three gigs you've been to as a punter then, mate? I think I remember these from last time, although I'm definitely changing one of them. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, one was, and sorry, watching from afar, Bath Moles, I believe, which was like on nice. the gangs tour, and they were just like, just full of a like crazy riff ferocious energy at the time and that venue's tiny really low roof uh like sold out just like one of my favorite bands at the time playing like probably my favorite album of theirs and just in like yeah just a really really good show and like that venue's got 
not a great PA, but like you don't really need it with a band like that. You just need roaring amps and and drums, and that's what it was. That's actually the one thing I'm missing the most in lockdown, like tube amp withdrawal. I just like <laughs> in my life. Um, the other one, which was contentious because you hate this band, Adam, but it was Pearl Jam at the Astoria, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot you mentioned this one last yeah, time. But that was a fan-only <laughs> show. Disgust the- in the face. I so there's there's not many there's not many bands that I really hate on because uh, even Metallica that I've been hating on today I kind of do jokingly because Metallica are decent but Pearl Jam Metallica I just <laughs> 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 yeah, they're alright they're alright they're alright they, they wouldn't okay. get in my top ten but Pearl Jam That's yeah it. I just I just I, never I, I, I just never go. I can understand why people don't get them. And to be frank, like some of their later recording out recorded output isn't my thing. But like at the time they were my favourite band and I like my dad drove us to London from Cheltenham and back again in a day to go and watch that band at the Astoria, which was a fan club. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, what a lad. No. So so um just before I continue, I've just had a message from Mr. Renfrey Debman who must be watching and he just obviously he's a massive Pearl Jam fan. He just went, You hate Pearl Jam. Yeah. You're such Pearl Jam nerds. When when you gonna go wasn't there a Pearl Jam show coming up that was like a fan? We were gonna go to I can't even remember. Oh. Renfrey text in and tell us, but yeah, we were gonna go to a few of the shows on this one. But um but yeah, that was good. Uh and thanks, Renfrey, for having my back. Uh, and then the third one, I have changed because I kind of you kind of called me out for not having this band in my top three, and then I remembered just how insane their 2000 Trees show was. But the Armed are like the best yeah, oh, band. Yeah, yeah. So, so this was I had actually written an extra just to add, 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 a, add an amend. I had yeah. put the Armed at 2000 Trees. Yeah, it's my. 3.2 oh. well, there you go I'm glad to have saved it for you but because yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable for so, anyone who wasn't there just setting the scene the arms sound like the most like horrible noisy hardcore band in the world on record and if you just take that at like face value then that's what they are maybe with like a smattering of synth and they're just like if you just take that as what it is and you don't spend the time with it that's that's what they are but you go to their shows and they have no, like, they essentially, whatever you think a hardcore show is going to be, it is the exact opposite of that. So you, we showed up to this show and they had a plastic trestle table in, in the pit, right in the middle of the pit. The amps just feeding back, just fucking noise. They were sat there with croissants. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. They had some croissants and some canned drinks. It wasn't even beer. It was like... Sprite. Ham, I think. Ham and cheese, croissant. Ham and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the tour manager, uh, like, with a, with a security member sat at the table. At the table. Um, they had, they have now retired him, but they had the swamp monster kind of yeah. guy dressed up yeah. like a hedge as part of that whole kind of album campaign. And he was just sat at the table there with uh, Kira, the vocalist. And yeah. people were just going up, like, picking up bits of ham just getting confused as towards what the fuck was going on. And then it just erupted into this like bizarre mosh pit where people are diving off tables and, and there's cross, like ham flying through the air and shit like that. But the like 
you can't go to that show and just not smile at the absolute absurdity of like, there's like hardcore kids like trying to slam dance and then there's just like a guy dressed as a hedge crawling along the floor. Like it's just, it's just pure so, fucking insanity. <laughs> so that, that yeah. uh, so I've seen them twice, obviously with you, Dave, like the London show when they played um, Boston Music Rooms and then obviously that show at Trees. Now, I mean, again, I got into them late and thanks to Damon from St. Pierre, he, he was just like, how have you not listened to this band and like thrust only love at me? And well, they just reissued it with a load of merch and talk, we were talking about spending money on merch the other day and uh, I spent a hundred quid on armed merch yesterday. So, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I remember like that London show. I stood towards the back actually with Renfrey and a couple of others and we were just sort of stood there and then before I knew it there's three bands four bands that I go mental for now because getting to that age and I can't mosh anymore but the arms just turned essentially turned me on in like within like 30 seconds and I was like throwing myself in the pit but that uh, that tree show, uh, I remember we were just stood towards the front. And like you said, people were coming up from me every time I die set. It was and people exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it, I left it, I left it early it, and it came sick. up. Yeah. It was a beautiful sunny day as well. Yeah. And this tent that they were playing in is the smallest band tent of 2000 Trees. And it's kind of on a bit of a slope, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. behind, if you're... It's quite an open tent as well. So if you're just kind of at the side casually, you could literally just see five, six, seven thousand people going fucking bonkers to every time I die. Yeah. We were amazing. So there was a kind of a slow pull of crowd people into this tent as it slowly erupted into like the swamp monster nonsense that it did. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember. So I had my earpiece in because I was still working. <laughs> and. Um, and uh, the security guard was like, I'm not going to be behind because one of my, one of the jobs is, is the PR there is to be in the pit to make sure the photographers are okay. And just, you know, to talk to security and make sure everything's fine. And um, the security guard came over and said, look, I'm not going to be in the pit for this because they're not going to be on stage. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're not going to be on stage. <laughs> yeah. They've already said they're like, they're not going to be on stage. Um, and I said, well, cool. Well, I'll stand in the pit just in case any photographers turn up. And then like within, I don't know, like 30 seconds of them starting, literally every single person, apart from maybe the drummer, I think at the beginning was just yeah. in, the, in the middle. It was, it was amazing. It was, was ridiculous. I mean, aside from all of the kind of theatrics and the stuff that we're talking about right now, this has just turned into a, the armed love fest. So I'm <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Aside from all of that, like, me and Damien just went up and I've forgotten the name of the drummer, but like we just watched him for like one song and like they're just in like absolutely yeah. fucking astonishing musicians. They're well, so good. Yeah, the music. Well, that's, the, yeah, that's the thing about like when you watch them live, you don't know where to look because you've got, um, I don't know the name of the big guy that was the vocalist on that tour, but he was obviously, again, there was lots of people who didn't know what was going on. So he was charging into the crowd, like trying to rile people up. And then you had the Swamp Monster calmly walking around, giving people hugs. Then you've got occasionally a guitarist coming over your head. Yeah. And then you've got flashing strobe lights. And you're like, I don't know where to look. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. You just lose control. And I remember at the end, um, uh, to mention him again and just rip on, rip, rip on him a little bit, there's a mosh 
cam vids that I don't know who took um, on YouTube. And then they started that circle pit at the end and you used to see Damien from St. Pierre and Mikey from Frauds like bouncing around <laughs> this little circle pit. And I, I'm in the middle holding the fucking mic cable because it was like strangling everyone. So I was just there in the middle. It was I just insane. The one thing to take away from the way that this podcast has ended up is that if anyone doesn't know this, watch that video and just look at the amount of smiling faces in it. Yeah. Because yeah. like, it's just, you shouldn't see some fucking hardcore kid in the snapback trying to spin kick someone and then just people like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's just pure fucking joy. It's amazing. Like, yeah, really yeah, good. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to see them again. I really can't. Yeah. Well, they've just signed to Sergeant House, haven't they? And they've been yeah. recording the next record. So hopefully we'll see something this year. Also, if uh, anyone wants to join my armed fan group on Facebook, which I set up <laughs> because I'm a massive nerd, there you go. Um, well, I think that's a good point to end on, guys. Um, is there any other sort of shout outs or plugs you want to give right now, um, either on live stream or when it goes out on Spotify? No. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck, fuck them all. Um, yeah, every, everyone that's oh, listening. No, 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 no. 2003. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shout out and yeah. uh, the oh, team. Yeah. 2003 is an arc tangent. 2003 has just launched their crowdfunder, which yeah. is doing great. Um, and they announced Jimmy World as the first headliner. And I know they're working incredibly hard to make next year's events even better than this year's potentially was going to be. And it's yeah. just the best. And uh, if anyone has any time and also wants to support them as well as good as as well as the tours that never were then um, then a massive shout out to james scarlett and the team at trees and atg for sure they've, they've done some wonderful things over the years and to have that not happen for a year both festivals not happen for a year is yeah it's a really sad thing so they need the support yeah yeah i would definitely say that and um i know a lot of people that we know but um keep hold of your gig tickets, um, festival tickets, everything like that. I know like, I'm supposed to get to Roadburn as well this year and they're asking everyone to keep hold of their tickets, another great yeah. festival. If people can, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Plug, I'm in the new Metal Hammer talking about this exact same thing. If sure. you know, Supporting bands, supporting festivals, supporting events, supporting promoters, you know, these That's people. actually what I wanted to pick up on. The only other thing is um, you being the Bristol fan that you are, Adam, um, Effigy um, yeah. has put up a, a, a way of supporting them throughout all of their cancelled shows by essentially becoming like a, by buying the tickets up front um, to support them while you can. And then obviously the tickets will go on sale for, and I guarantee there'll be some of the best independent gigs happening. In, I mean, they're like, just look at the posters of the bags that they put on before. Effigy, effigy, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and those those two are lovely human beings as well. So I know I bought a t-shirt and donated some money the other day. So nice. props to them. But yeah, thanks guys for coming on, um, and thanks to the few people that have been listening. And obviously, this will go out on Spotify. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.